right, good to see everyone today. Reminder this Tuesday, again, we mentioned they're having our senior adult auction. We do this every year. 100% of the proceeds goes to help single parents through the holidays, and so it really is a good cause. And it does get a little crazy in there, all right? And so if you don't think uh, seniors get crazy, you need to come, all right? It's, it's probably one of my most favorite days of the year, and so we do a lot of interaction, a lot of craziness. So if you have anything you would like to donate, you can drop it off tomorrow. If you can't be here and you just want to make a donation, you can do that as, as well. But anyway, we always have a good time, and that'll be this Tuesday, November 16th. Hope you can make it. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily be a senior to slip in, all right? Anybody can slip in. You're welcome to come. And again, we're going to have a great time. And so I was going to tell Blake to start your way up, but he's already here. He's, he's done this gig a couple times, so he's already up here. So appreciate this guy. We're continuing our series on Come to the Table. And it is amazing in the Bible how many things happened around the table, how much teaching, how much ministry happened at the table. And there are times, and if you ever have the opportunity to dine with somebody, you do get to know each other when you sit around the table. Now, sometimes, have you ever gone to somebody's house and they bring out their best china? Sometimes you go to somebody's house and they bring out their paper plates, all right? Now, again, when, you're, when they bring out their paper plates, you know your family, all right? You know your belong. It tells when they tell you, go throw, go, go throw your own away. You'll help yourself. And so anyway, but it is fun to dine. It is fun to hang out with people. And so Brett kind of kicked off the series by reminding us God's table is for the broken. God's table allows us all to belong and that there's a blessing at the table. And that really is true that we are blessed to come to the table. And three challenges that Brett gave us. Number one is to invite a church member out to eat or over to your house to eat. And if there's somebody that you don't know, invite them to come and have a meal with you. I mentioned that last week. I actually got invited over, and so I appreciate Kristen and John. They had us over. I was really just kind of kidding about me being available on Tuesday and Thursday. And they actually invited us over on Tuesday night. So anyway, it was a great meal, great time of fellowship. But invite somebody that you don't know and just have some time together. The second challenge is to pray about inviting a neighbor over to your house enjoying a meal with them third challenge next sunday we're having our church-wide thanksgiving meal which we have every year and it'll start after the second service so invite somebody to come with you next week and uh, i would encourage you not to invite somebody that's active in another church but maybe find somebody that doesn't have a church home invite them to come with you next week and to have lunch with us here i know they would enjoy it so bob preached a couple weeks ago on jesus hanging out with publicans and sinners. And I know that was a part of, again, being able to dine at a table. And it's amazing who Jesus allows at his table. And so he did a fantastic job, shared some personal stories. Last week I talked about Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel 9, how he came to the king's table and got to dine at the king's table as one of his own children. Well, today, kind of continuing that thought, we have Blake with us. I'm going to back up here. We're kind of tag-teaming today, and so I give Blake kind of a hard time. I've known him for about 12 or 13 years, and so this Tuesday, uh, November 16th, is the 13th year anniversary of his accident, all right? We're going to talk a little bit about his journey, but one of the first times I met Blake was down at the Gerald campus. He came in. 
And one of the things that uh, Ron Heimer says, he was a uh, interim pastor down there, Ron says every time he sees Blake, has a smile on his face. And so I remember hugging Blake and getting down, hugging him, saying, hey man, it's good to see you. And when, he, when I did, he ran over my foot. <laughs> Actually, what happened is my arm hit the, the forward button, and so while I was hugging him, I ran over my own foot. But since I'm telling the story, I say that he ran over my foot. But anyway, I love this guy. He, he shows up today with a coffee shop sweatshirt. I said, Blake, you should have wore a red shirt today. It's a red shirt. But anyway, I love this guy. He's connected to the uh, Leslie campus. He's a part of the men's Bible study down there. And so we really appreciate this guy. So anyway, I told him I'd razz him a little bit along the way, and he can razz me back, and he's over there shaking his head. But anyway, we appreciate him being here. And you know, when we think about coming to the king's table, it really is amazing, the people that gather around the table. And I, I, I told Blake, you know, of all the honored guests we've had the privilege of having here at our church, none has been more important to God than Blake. And it really is a privilege to be able to hang out and he wanted to call. He reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to share my story about this time of year. Because, again, it was about 13 years ago that he had his accident. He was uh, raised. And we're going to share a little bit of his story here as we go along. And so I just took, he wrote a seven-page uh, of his testimony. And so I took bits and pieces of that. And I'll have it up here on the screen and let him kind of share as well. He has a little wand up here. And... Uh, let me back up one. I hit my button here. But uh, he was, when I, first, when I met him about a week ago, we talked, or we came up to kind of look at the stage. He put that up, and I said, are you smoking a pipe or what? What is the, what's the thing there? He said, it's actually water. So he has a tank of water in the back, and so if you see him reach down and get the, uh, the wand, he's getting a drink of water. So I don't know why church makes him thirsty. I don't, I don't know. Do you understand that? I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, I love this guy. And so he said before the accident, he attended church regularly, but he said most of the time, almost 100% of the time, his mind was not on what was going on in church, but what was going on after church. Can you imagine anybody being distracted while the guy's preaching, all right? And so you did go to church, but yet really your heart really wasn't in it. Uh, yeah, I was uh, focused on like, things that I do like with my friends after I got out of church. Yeah, well even they're guilty of that sometimes, all right? but anyway. <laughs> sometimes I put them to sleep and they have a good time, but anyway. You said when you were a kid, you were into anything that had to do with a motor, whether it was a motorcycle, a car, anything like that. Right. You were good at tearing stuff apart and sort of good about putting it back together. Yeah, sometimes. It was more of a learning curve. It was on a learning curve. Now, yeah. I, I did put a couple motors together, and I had a bag of parts left over. I don't know how that happened. It was a miracle, all right? But uh, no one wanted to drive the car. I don't know why. But you said you were very impatient. You were rowdy. You wanted things done right now in school. You were constantly in trouble. Yeah. It, it was so much like every day that uh, my mom would get a call from school saying, uh, I got in trouble again, I got suspended. And there was a day that went by when I was, she was not called. It was not because I was good, it was because they haven't gotten up to me just yet. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, he seems so laid back, he doesn't seem like he'd ever give anybody a minute's trouble. 
But I did not, now you didn't know that in the middle service, your grade school nurse was here. Oh, that's really that Yeah, was. your grade oh. school nurse was here. And I, she just wanted to say, I just wanted to tell you, he was a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing I didn't know it ahead of time. I might have had her come up and share a story or two. Well, I recognize her, but I didn't know she, she was. <laughs> I also want to tell you some good news, bad news, that in this service is your former principal, Dr. Keller. Oh. <laughs> Or if he's I, 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 told your, I told Dr. Keller, I said, you may not recognize him from the front, but if he turns around, you may recognize having to spank him or something. But anyway, <laughs> he's here today. He may give us a story, but he said that you were in trouble a couple times or two. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> More than just but that's another, that's another service. We won't, right. we, we won't have time to get into all that. I do want to mention, by the way, Blake is going to be back this Wednesday and be able to share a little bit more of his story and also give you an opportunity to ask some questions because there's a lot of questions I have. And so they'll give you an opportunity to get to know him a little bit better. So that's this Wednesday at 6.30. So I hope you come and, and get to hang out with him just a little bit more. All right? And so one of the things that made a difference in your life was one of your coaches, your wrestling coaches. Yeah, my uh, sophomore year, we got a new coach. And when he came in there, he changed everything about wrestling for me. Because my freshman year was, it was bad because I only won one match that whole year. But when I got this new coach, he uh, helped me. And then one night, I won, won more matches in one night than I did the entire first year. All right. And so I, I just want to say that's... I just want to remind everybody that you all can make a difference. You know, sometimes we underestimate a teacher, a coach, or someone that you work with at your job. But I just want to remind you guys that you can all make a difference in somebody's life. And so that was neat that a, that a coach from high school made a difference in his life. And then again, as we mentioned, on November 16, 2008, he had graduated in 2008. And so about six months after his graduation, he went deer hunting. And he went out on a homemade tree stand to hunt, as he probably had done other years. And then on the way down, according to your testimony, you bent over to hand your gun down to somebody. The yeah. boards broke, and you fell to the ground about 15 feet. Not only fell to the ground, but hit every branch on the way down. It was like playing Plinko. Like play, how many of you are familiar with Plinko? All right. I said that to somebody. They go, what is Plinko? All right. But anyway, I, I think of it on the prices right when they drop the little thing and it just bounces all the way down to the bottom. And so when he said that, I identified with that. So he fell out of the, the tree stand about 15 feet, hit several branches on the way down. But he said that when he got to the bottom, he wasn't bleeding. And his dad always told him, if you're not bleeding, you're not hurt. But that wasn't true in this case, was it? No, I, I had no idea that when I hit the ground that my neck was broke. All I knew was my legs and my arms were moving uncontrollably. And I tried my best to get up, but that was the first time in my life I was not able to get up. And he had a cell phone with him, but obviously the cell phone did him no good because he couldn't use his arms, his legs. But fortunately, he had a friend there with him that probably saved his life, and it took about an hour or so for the ambulance to get out there. Yeah. 
And so I know that had to be a lot of emotional time, a lot of stress. Stress, yeah. yeah. And so he said in his testimony, he tried to get up, he broke his C1, 5, 6, and also the right cervical horn of the C6, whatever that is, floated away. And he was literally told by the doctors that, that he would never, ever be able to use anything below the neck and he would have to be on a breathing machine the rest of his life. He obviously is not on the breathing machine. He does have some use of his arms. And again, defying what the doctor said, about a year after the accident, this, uh, this cervical horn that separated miraculously came back and was in place and the doctors were amazed. And so there are some things that you're able to do today that you didn't think you would be able to do. Right, yeah. All right. And so the recovery, let's talk about that for a minute. Obviously, your life changed on a dime. And I just want to remind everybody, as I talked to uh, Blake's grandfather after the first service, he said it really is a reminder that life can change on a dime. And you never know how our life can be dramatically changed. And so I appreciate this guy. I appreciate him sharing. I know your recovery had to be really, really tough. I know you had some very long days, some very long weeks and months. You said you spent about three months in the hospital, about two months in physical rehab, literally fighting for your life. Yeah, um, battling nervous infections and fevers, like 107.9 for six hours and then 105.7 for 12 hours. That affected my speech in a big way. Yeah, so he said he actually set a record at what was then St. John's, it's now, we call it Big Mercy up on Ballast, but uh, he set a record for having the highest fever ever recorded, 107.9 for six hours. And so he had a long, slow process. What were some of the, the discouraging things that had to be going on in your brain? Well, the biggest discouragement was after I ran that fever, it affected my speech in a big way. I was unable to speak clearly for um, several months. Um, the only way I could communicate was by movement of eyebrows, sticking my tongue out. Now, that would be a little bit interesting, sticking your tongue out at people. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, I appreciate your, your uh, just sense of humor. Now, one of the things you said that really helped you through your rehab was having your mom with you. Your mom is here this morning. By the way, I knew your mom when she was a little girl. Yeah. yeah she was just a little big girl, just sweet, never gave anybody any trouble. Oh. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I don't know that. I'm, I'm probably overstating. But you said... This was in his, uh, in his testimony. He said, my mom stayed with me in rehab. Normally her snoring was annoying, but it was a reminder that someone was with me in the dark. That's pretty amazing. And so it really did mean a lot to you to have somebody there with you. Yeah. That, the biggest thing was uh, the nightmares and stuff I had in the hospital. And when I was in rehab, they still continued. And when I would wake up... Or, Ear nurse snoring was kind of a comfort to me because it reminded me that someone was with me in the dark. Amen. 
So that's a good reminder to my wife that my snoring can be a comfort. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully she's listening to that and kind of taking that in. But, but it does mean a lot to have somebody sitting with you, does it? Yeah, it does. I just want to say to everybody, you know, when, when people are going through a hardship and we don't know what to say, there's something about just sitting with someone and just sitting by them and being there that really speaks volumes. And so I just want to encourage you guys, sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just sit with somebody and not give them advice and not try to explain what's going on, but just to sit there with them and to sit there for them. And so I know that that meant a lot to you. And I love how in your testimony you said everything God did for me in the hospital and rehab was a sign that what the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good. And so I just want to tell you, you know, when you're going through a tragedy like this, you're definitely at a fork in the road. And I've seen people go down the road of bitterness and be bitter toward God, and I can at least understand it. But Blake chose to take the road of being better and being uh, just walking in the grace of God. And so I want to tell you what an inspiration that you've been to me. And I know the people that know Blake say, again, that when he's around, he has a way of lifting you up. I find myself complaining when our third car doesn't have air conditioning. I mean, I find myself complaining about things that really are so insignificant. But as we're facing Thanksgiving, we're coming to a time of the year to give thanks. What an encouragement Blake is to us. That if God can use Blake in his situation, I believe God can use each of us in whatever we've navigated in life. One of the things that really helped encourage you when you had the accident, your coach kind of directed you to an organization called Missouri Kids, which is an organization that helps athletes who have had a severe injury how to recover and how to provide for them. And so I know that really meant a lot to you. The original Missouri kid was injured back in the 70s and he has no use below the neck, but literally has learned to draw with his mouth as Johnny Erickson Tata, if you're familiar with her, when a similar way he does artwork by just using his mouth what did that mean to you? Well, at that point, um, seeing that artwork, it, I, I was uh, I, I was not not living up to what I could be. And I thought when I saw that picture that it really uh, encouraged me to like push myself as hard as I can. Because if he could do that with those extreme lactases, what can I do with mine? Because I have a lot more than he does. That's awesome. And you did have the opportunity to meet this, this gentleman? Yes, I did. Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah, so you were talking about how happy he was. And then uh, you talked about uh, this guy being one of the happiest people you've ever known. And then you said being right with God is everything. What does that mean to you to really have a right relationship with God? Like I said, it's everything to me. He's the one that tells me if I'm messing up or if I'm doing good. And I, when I'm in several areas, he has helped me like our Bible study and stuff like yeah. that. Well, we're a continual work in progress, 
And I think it will always be that way on this side. And so you said in your testimony, after rededicating my life to the Lord, you've never looked back. You can see that your body is still crippled. However, you never have felt more free. And so I know that the real freedom comes between the ears there and really in your heart and your mind, really getting in a right relationship with God. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the last slide I have up here, I pray that the Lord will help me in the many areas where I am lacking. The best thing that God has ever done for me was making me the leader of the Bible study. Uh, he attends a Wednesday morning Bible study down at the coffee shop down in Leslie. Ron Spurgeon here is the one that uh, asked him to lead out. The person that was leading the Bible study had some physical issues and had to step aside. And so Ron asked Blake to lead the Bible study. And so for the last several months, Blake has been leading the Bible study. And that really is amazing. I appreciate Ron having the heart to do that. And they're going through a Bible study. And guess what they're studying in the Bible? Job. And so as they're studying Job, Blake has some personal stories, obviously, of some times of discouragement that he can encourage those guys. So I really appreciate this guy. What would you like to say to all of us? What word of encouragement would you give to everyone who's not only here, but people who are watching by way of live stream as well? What would you say to us? I would say uh, don't focus on things you can't do. Focus on things you can do and what you can do to build upon that. Yeah. And so I, I know he's an encouragement to me. And again, if God can use Blake and if Blake's willing to be used by God, I believe all of us can take what life has brought us. And we've all gone through hardships. We've all gone through storms and valleys. But everything God brings us through really is to be a blessing and encouragement to other people. And so I appreciate this guy. I appreciate his heart. I appreciate him being here today. And I'm so glad that we're able to sit at the table together and that he has as much pull with God as I do or anyone else. And so I appreciate this brother. I told him one day in heaven on the other side, he's going to get a new body. He's going to get a spiritual body. The Bible says all the former things are passed away. In heaven, he's going to walk, skip. He's going to have a brand new body. But we are still praying on this side. Selfishly, I'm still praying that God would heal him on this side. But I know on the other side, he will be whole. And so I appreciate this guy. I appreciate you being here. And again, I hope you can come this Wednesday to hear a little bit more of his story. And maybe you have some questions you want to jot down. We're also going to hear from some of the family as they talk about some of the struggles they went through through the process. But I appreciate everybody being here. I'm going to ask Ron Spurgeon to come up. Ron is uh, the campus pastor down there. I appreciate this guy's heart. And Ron was the one that, again, kind of got him plugged in. And uh, I'm going to have Ron pray for him. But I want to, first of all, ask him to pray yeah. for us. And I just want you to pray that, that we would follow through and, and just be what God wants us to be. And so I want to, first of all, selfishly ask you to pray for us, Blake. Lord, I pray that you touch each and every one of us. Help us in the areas we are lacking. And lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I'm going to ask Ron to pray for him. 
If, if I could, I'd have us all get up and lay hands on him, but I know that's not physically possible. And uh, I just want you, if you can, just reach a hand out toward Blake, and I, let's just lift him up in prayer and, and just pray for God's grace and that God would continue to use his life. I know that's his heart, his passion. So I'm going to ask Ron to lead us in that prayer for Blake. Wow. Daddy, we have sung three times, and we know you were listening this morning about your goodness. Sometimes it's hard for us to see that goodness, but it's always there. We know it. Daddy, I too believe that Blake will be healed in heaven. But Daddy, I want to see him healed here. Every week I see this silly chair come through my door. And I want to see Blake walk through that door, not ride his chair. Every day, Daddy, I come to you and ask you that you would heal him. And I'm going to keep coming. You just will get ready for it. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep asking until we get it. Daddy, heal him. Until you do, we're glad to have him. He is such a blessing at our campus. We love him, and we love you. In the name of Jesus, amen.